college can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Today, Carl and Nick preview the Broncos' Week 3 matchup as the Denver Broncos travel to Buffalo to face the 1-1 one one Buffalo Bills. You are listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Welcome to the Huddle Up! Podcast, your go-to show for all things Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, it is time to huddle up. I am Carl Dumler, and with me as always, we have Nick Kendall. Nick and I know this is a preview episode, but uh, Nick, I, I really just want to take a few minutes here at the beginning to to bask in the the victory over the, the Dallas Cowboys that nobody, even you, were giving us much of a chance. I know you weren't as bad as some of them, but oh man, even our our, our guest last week, I know some people out there were kind of going, man, he was going overboard and uh, he loves his Cowboys. So can't fault him for that because we love our Broncos, but man, the sweet taste of victory. Love it. Yeah. And if you guys uh, want to troll him at all, it's at Vach Lombardi. Please go ahead. I'm still, I still love the guy, but if you guys want to give him a hard time, you know, just yeah, I will be living vicariously through you if you do that. <laughs> you know, that's that's what happens. You put yourself out there, and uh, when you're wrong, man, you put yourself out there for some fun times. Yeah, and also I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, our editor and good friend, uh, Chad, who also is one of the hosts of the Huddle Up! podcast. He bet me 20 bucks that the Broncos would win, and I said, it's just straight up. I mean, it's always a good idea if somebody gives you straight up to go with it if the spread's the other way. You know, I'm taking, I had a two, two and a half point favorite there. Yeah, I'm just playing statistics there. And the Broncos shut shut me up and proved him right. So congrats, Chad. And I shan't be picking against the Broncos again, at least not this week. A little <laughs> spoiler there. But yeah, absolutely. Good job, Chad. And what, what a win. I mean, there's absolute beat down. You had that crazy thunder delay and lightning delay, I guess. But the defense, I, I mean, I can't even do that in Madden what they did to Ezekiel Elliott. I played the Bills earlier today just because I like to play the matchup the week before. And I tr- tried really hard to stop McCoy, and he ran the ball, I think it was 15 times for 30 yards. Still good, but, I mean, nine carries for eight yards against that offensive line and that running back, that's just, I mean, has to have sent shockwaves through the NFL. This Denver defense might be back. Mm-hmm. And then, what was it, 21 pressures on Dak Prescott? which is almost about half of his pass attempts. I think he threw the ball 55 times, 50 to 55 times. So, I mean, just incredible. The yeah. the Broncos defensive, Shaq Barrett, amazing. Gatsas, Pecco, Harris, Miller, the secondary. I mean, this, this defense has a chance to be really, really good again. I did not see it so much 
in the preseason. You know, you saw that they were going to be good, but with Wolf being back, that makes a huge difference. And with Barrett being back, I mean, we were really missing an edge of upper quality. I mean, Walker and Edibali were somewhat disappointing to me in preseason, but having Barrett opposite Vaughn, having that second alpha edge rusher, it just changes the entire complexion of way, way teams can attack us and how the Broncos can affect the game on de- defense. It's a, it's a thing of beauty, that's for sure. And and then you throw in having an offense that is doing what we're doing. Oh, my goodness, man. That We are – what did I see? We are first in the NFL in third down percentage. Over 50%. Offense. Yeah, and we're second on defense, if I remember right, keeping teams under 25% of completing their third down tries. You know, you got that kind of combo – and oh my goodness, you're, you're going to see some of these kind of blowout wins that we didn't, you know, we haven't had for two years. We've been winning all these heart wrenching games that, you know, like come down to the final second and have no clue how it's going to turn out. Oh, it'd be nice to have some of these where, you know, my, my old ticker, you know, I'm, I'm 31. <laughs> I'm calling it an old ticker. Cause it just, I feel like I've put it through the ringer these last couple of years. And oh man, I, I love seeing those kind of games, especially, you know, Cowboys looking like a top 10 team last week and come to Denver and, Man, you and I both were kind of on the fence of this team this year, you know, not thinking that they were going to be a dominant team, you know, kind of almost a little bit of a rebuilding year. And I haven't fully gone off the edge of, you know, let's go full homer and we're going 19-0, baby. I haven't gotten there yet, but uh, I feel better about the team after two weeks, that's for sure. Offensive line looks improved. Run defense looks improved. Quarterback play looks improved. The three big things that needed to be hit on in the offseason, they all look better. Trevor Simeon's looked better than I thought he could this season. That's for sure. I mean, he's taken a real big step, you know, whether that be from just the experience he's gained uh, and a healthy shoulder. But I think probably the big thing is McCoy. I mean, going from Rick Dennison, who the Broncos defense has the fortune, the good fortune of going against this week, uh, to Mike McCoy is like going from dating that bad-skinned, nerdy, booger-picking president of the AV club to like the varsity 4.0 quarterback slash cheerleader that's, you know, also doing humanitarian effort, like uh, building homes for the homeless on the side. I mean, it's literally like night and day. We upgraded like times the 5 billion on offensive coordinator. The play calling is just so much better. It's incredible. My favorite play. And and I loved, I I can't remember who I was listening to earlier this week and and we'll get into, we got to get back into our game here. Not too, too long from here, but they were talking about the big difference between this offense and the offense last year is spacing. You know, you don't have three wide receivers running to the exact same spot and making it so easy for a defense to defend that. You know, you have guys that are making them cover the entire field. And the the play that really sticks out in my mind is CJ Anderson passing touchdown where the whole middle of the field, there was nobody near him after he juked his guy to the ground. You know, that that kind of spacing, that's how you get plays like that. That's why our wide receivers this year, instead of catching it and having to go down right away because there's three defenders around them, you know, they make one guy miss and it's another 20, 30 yards down the field. You know, that, that's, a, that's a thing of beauty. That's smart football play right there. You know, it's not just that we, you know, improve the offensive line. We improve the play calling to go with an improved offensive line and improved quarterback play because of, you know, and, and Simeon, he's improved himself. You know, he's making quicker decisions that, that I've seen. He's making a lot of the right decisions. Not not perfect, but no quarterback's perfect. You know, Aaron Rodgers, he had a terrible game this past weekend. You know, not 2015 terrible against the Broncos, but not one of his best for sure. So, you know, every quarterback has has a few issues, but 
I love what I'm seeing for sure. Well, we'll move on here and, and talk about this week. And, and of course, got to start off here with, you know, this show is, is all things pertain to your Denver Broncos. Of course, we're doing a game preview here and, and Chad and Will do the reviews. We also do roster analysis, offseason draft and draft speculation. And of course, we like to throw in a few hot takes here and there. Nick and I will continue to, to bring relevant and intriguing content for the most hardcore fans who eat, sleep, and breathe Bronco football. While it is fun to simply watch the game, we are here to provide you with an entertaining deep dive on the Broncos each and every week. With Nick and myself being film junkies, we'll be bringing you these previews with the scout-based perspective, breaking down the matchups from a player's skill set and X's and O's perspective. You can follow myself on Twitter at Carl Dumbler MHH, as well as follow Nick at Nick Kindle MHH. Be sure to tweet us any questions or opinions you have because we really do live for talking Bronco football. You can also follow the podcast Twitter account at HuddleUpPod. Make sure you check out ours and our co-writers written content at MileHighHuddle.com, a part of Scout.com and an affiliate of CBS Sports Digital Network. Now, we know you listeners are as football and Bronco crazy as we are. So please give us a click and subscribe to to us on iTunes as well as Stitcher. Don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. We wouldn't be here today without you listeners. So please take the time to rate and subscribe to let your voices be heard on how you enjoy the show. Now, remember, for the past two weeks, we here at Huddle Up Podcast have been running a contest. The best rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher will receive a complimentary milehighhuddle.com VIP premium membership. The winner will get access to all of our film reviews and more in-depth articles, as well as our access to our, our members-only message boards. Even if it's not a glowing review, we're looking for the best, most creative. We'll announce it later this month. Now, before we really dive into this episode, I want to, to tell our listeners that our episode today is being brought to you by mybookie.net. MyBookie.net is all about the excitement of making accurate sports predictions on your favorite teams without having to risk any funds. It's totally recreational and there are all kinds of prizes. Today's climate, the fantasy industries have made watching football a lot more interesting. So go to MyBookie.net and compete for great prizes totally free. Nick, we, uh, we, we got a question that was, it was meant for Will and Chad on their the review episode, but didn't quite get in there in time. But I wanted to ask it here well nick before we get completely into to this episode of taking on the bills and this deals with the bills because it's it's an issue that's going on we had greg severance on twitter chad said that we'd get to it on our episode and of course we're going to get to it and it's a great question this is this is a biggie for the offense because as as great as they've been they've had a few weaknesses and and the question is what do the broncos do about watson if they don't act now, Brock will be their quarterback soon. And I, I guess I'll, I'll hand this one to you first. What Do you have any ideas of what they could maybe do to help out this whole Watson situation? Chip block more. Uh, I don't know. Call rollouts to the left. I think we're kind of maybe a little bit stuck. I Once Bowles comes back, depending on how Stevenson and uh, potentially Barber, both of those guys do at that left tackle position, uh, we could see them move over to the right tackle. But I think you're probably going to have – Watson there most of the year I mean as bad as he's been in pass blocking he's definitely been a couple tiers better than what Sambrello and Stevenson offered at right tackle last year in terms of run blocking and the running offense I mean as good as Simeon's been playing you know executing in the red zone the thing that's been powering this offense you know it has been the run game the pass the play actions open it up and so I'm I'm okay keeping Watson there for now even though he's been playing really poorly just to see how it goes. I mean, he's gone up against some pretty good edge rushers, and he's, he's got to play better, you think, right? But right tackle is definitely an issue, and it's 
probably something that'll be addressed again once in the offseason if Watson doesn't step it up. Yeah, it's every team has a weakness. You know, even the the great Patriots have a weakness. Uh, you know, they, they don't have much of a pass rush. Well, for the Broncos, it really is Watson at that right tackle position. The NFL, it really has a offensive line issue right now. You know, colleges aren't preparing them as well as they have in the past. You know, they're running all these spread systems. They're not really coaching up the players as much as they used to. You know, it's more, are you a better athlete? Especially this last draft, you know, it was hard to find quality offensive line. But yeah, unfortunately, there's just, there you can't, there's nothing in free agency. You could trade for somebody, but right now teams really don't want to trade. You know, every team, even the 0-2 teams, still have in their minds that they are a playoff team. You know, even the the vaunted Jets, and maybe not the Jets, but <laughs> right now they're kind of tanking. But, you know, is there really any kind of quality player there that we'd want to trade for anyway? Other than on the defensive line, but our defensive line has looked great. So anyway, back to the offensive tackle position. There, there's just not any help coming. You know, maybe halfway through the year where some teams are one and seven and the, you know, Watson's still struggling as much as he is. But right now you're just going to have to get him ready. You're going to have to offer a little bit of help with, like you said, some tight end chipping, maybe running backs kind of leaning that way to help out. And maybe just some quicker passes that try to get rid of the ball, you know, and save Simeon a little bit more. That's, that's about as best as you can hope for. Well, now on to, to the actual game against Buffalo. I thought I'd start off here with a, a few stats. Buffalo actually leads the series all time, 20 to 6, 2016 and 1 over the Broncos. Denver has won six of the last eight, though. And the last win in Denver on December 14th, Kyle Orton was the quarterback for the Bills. And, and, and you put on here, I look back fondly on that, gave me or on that on that game because I believe it won me a fantasy championship. What what happened there? Uh, C.J. Anderson did not have the best game. He ran it a bunch of times for, I believe it was only 58 yards, but he scored three touchdowns, and that was enough to win me a championship league. I think it was week 15, and, I mean, it was a two-week championship, and that was enough. So three touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. That's when C.J. Anderson had that crazy run at that end of that season going into the playoffs when Peyton Manning was looking a little bit worse after that injury he had against the, uh, I believe it was the Rams earlier. That's right, 2014. Yep. Well, I, I have a question for you because I, I did a little bit of research on this. The last these teams have only met once in the playoffs, and that was back in 1992. And the Broncos unfortunately lost 10 to seven. Can you name me the player for the Broncos that scored the lone touchdown? And I'll give you a hint. He he's been connected to the organization in the last five years. Well, the obvious one to guess would be Kubiak. Boom, you nailed it. There you go. Just I mean, last five years gave it away. <laughs> he uh, he came in for Elway. Elway started the game, and Elway was really struggling. I think he went like 11 for 21 and just wasn't, wasn't doing well. Gary Kubiak came in, went 11 for 12, and then had a rushing touchdown to get the Broncos back into the game. Unfortunately, they couldn't quite finish it off. Well, hope, I don't think we're going to be seeing the Bills in the playoffs anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they have a long ways to go. But, you know, they, they do have some things to to keep an eye on. You know, this isn't uh, – they always talk about those those trap games, you know, and, and this could be definitely one of those. Uh, the Cowboys were – you know, they're, they're one of the most talked-about teams in the NFL. 
And Broncos obviously wanted to make a big statement. And obviously the game after this one is the Raiders at home. You know, another big statement game for the Broncos. And and so this is one of those that, that could be a problem. You know, it's another one of those 11 o'clock start times for the Broncos, mountain time. Sometimes those those have been problems in the past. I did see a stat earlier that said Broncos have won 14 of their last 17 early start games, which actually it kind of shocked me. I was actually very, very impressed by that, you know, considering those are all road games. And for the Broncos to go out and win like that, that's that's pretty good. But looking at the the Bills, you and I both have watched both of their games and they have, like I said, some strengths. And, and then some, some major weaknesses that we'll get into. But one of the, the key matchups, and, and maybe the, the biggest matchup when we're talking about the Broncos defense versus the, the Bills offense is Broncos front seven versus LaShawn McCoy and Tyrod Taylor. Because, honestly, that is completely their entire offense. Would you agree with that? Uh, besides their defense, yes. <laughs> well, LaShawn McCoy, he... Obviously, he's their, their leading rusher right now. You know, he's carried it 34 times. But he's also been their their top receptions person. You know, he's got 11 receptions. Tyrod Taylor has 33 completions in two games. So one-third of Tyrod's completions have been to LaShawn McCoy. So like I said, he has just pretty much been their offense. And, and this is another one of those games where, to me, if the Broncos can stop LaShawn McCoy, they win this game. Easily. I mean, yeah. they, that's, they literally have nothing else. We watched the Bills games versus the Panthers and the Jets, and boy, that was as painful as it was to watch football. I mean, I love football. That's about as bad as it gets. Yep. No, yeah, I agree. You know, a 9-3 to three game, <laughs> and neither team, yeah, looked good. I, I had somebody ask me the question earlier of which 2-0 team is the biggest pretender in the NFL. I would say the Carolina Panthers. They have a great defense, but that offense isn't getting them anywhere anytime soon. Cam Newton is just looking terrible. Overthrows to wide open wide receivers that should have, I mean, they should have blown that game out. And he couldn't hit wide open guys. And, oh, it was, (laughs) like I said, it was cringeworthy to watch that kind of game. But Buffalo, Right now, uh, eighth in the league for rushing yards and tw- tied for 12th in yards per carry. So that's what they've leaned upon for their offense. They don't have really any many threats down the field. And so, yeah, it, the Broncos' game plan has to be contain LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, McCoy has – he struggled last week tremendously. Granted, the Panthers' defense looks great, but 12 carries, uh, nine yards. He always has been somebody, though, that – is when he can't find it on the ground, he can find it through the air. And he might be their best receiver. Not only their best running back, their best receiver. Six receptions, 34 yards the last week. So that's something that the Broncos are going to have to look out for because, as we've seen in the past, this defense, if there's a way to beat them, it's getting those linebackers isolated in coverage, whether that be with a tight end or a running back. And McCoy's a guy who can make you pay. Now, granted, if you keep him in front of you, is he going to come down with you know 12 catches? No, he's not going to be able to do that. And he has to be able to run the ball effectively as well, especially with the lack of other weapons that they have. But still, McCoy is a guy that can control the game. He's one of the top five, top ten running backs in the league. Even though he's getting start, he's starting to reach that that hill. You know, he's he might be coming on the downturn here soon. But still, McCoy is going to 
be fed the rock a lot. I'm guessing way more than nine carries that Ezekiel Elliott saw this week. And he's going to he's going to make or break whether or not the Bills win this game. So if the Broncos, luckily last week, they have a practice, I guess you could say, um, of how to stop a team that goes through the ground game against a much better offensive line and were as successful as you could possibly imagine. So, and also yeah. a, a mobile quarterback. So, I mean, it's it's a very similar blueprint. I'm guessing Woods will switch it up a little bit, but I, I heard that he was working with players on the sideline during the game, coming coming up with plays and coverages and packages just to bring in what the players are seeing, what they feel comfortable with. And, I mean, it worked. Some people were worried about Wade Phillips being gone. Joe Woods is going to be gone soon as well because I think he's going to be given a head coaching gig in it one, two years. That's how good people are talking about him. That's how good the results have been. Yeah. So I think he's going to shut, shut McCoy down and he's going to shut down Tyrod Taylor as well. And the bills are going to have tough sledding on the ground and just moving the ball period this week. Right. Now I will say for McCoy, the big thing for him is, is the Broncos could hold him to 10 carries for 10 yards. And then next thing you know, McCoy bust one for 60, 70 yards. He is maybe the biggest big play threat running back in the NFL. Maybe. Uh, I, he's, uh, he's, he's, up, he's up there in age. He, he's not – maybe five years ago that would have been a true statement. But he's still – I mean, that, that's how he plays, though. You know, a lot of times he will hesitate in the backfield because he's waiting for that crease to open up so he can take that one step and go. And so that's why you'll see, like, if you watch the, the Jets game and the the Panthers game, you know, he has a lot of carries that go for zero yards or negative yards because he just sits back there and dances a little bit, waiting for something to open up. And, you know, a great stat, week one against the Jets, 63.6% of his rushing yards came on just three plays. You know, all three of them went for 15 yards or more. And, you know, I, I think that's... To me, that's great news for the Broncos, just in the sense of, you know, if they can contain them first down, second down, get them in third and long, you know, then let their pass rush just take over, you know, and and even when he breaks one, you know, to know that that very next time you can come back and stop him. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the Baker's Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices, which adds up to big savings for the win. You also earn fuel points on every purchase, which means you win big at the pump. The Baker's Plus card. All you do is win big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. He just he's he's not that consistent guy that's going to churn out three or four yards. That was always my worry with Ezekiel Elliott last week was he's that guy that turns a you know two yard run into a four yard run. You know he just keeps picking up those extra yards and giving them easy third down situations. You know thankfully the Broncos just that was one of the best. It, it was it was not only that they stuffed the line but they had great tackling. You know they just didn't let him 
bust through an arm tackle to pick up a few extra yards. You know, they, they stopped him and then they gang tackled him to the ground. And, you know, McCoy, he's not going to quite do that. He's not going to be that guy that you hit him in the backfield and he's going to run forward for three or four yards. So that, that's, that's the nice thing for the Broncos. But, yeah, he's, he is a threat to bust one for a big gain, and you got to watch that for sure. And, and Taylor, you know, he, he's another one. That's, <laughs> that's maybe my biggest worry for this game is Tyrod Taylor, you know, the Broncos getting a little too aggressive in their pass rush. And then Taylor taking off for 25, 30 yards down the field. Yeah, that is something to watch. But how they played Dak Prescott last week made me a little bit less worried. I mean, with Shaq Barrett on the edge and just stacking the box, not giving them any options. And I am not concerned by their wide receivers at all. I mean, they have Jordan Matthews and Zay Jones are solid. Andre Holmes, six foot four. He's a threat as well. But with even even if Roby, who had a boot on his foot, doesn't play. I'm pretty confident that with Harris and Tlaib and the two safeties that we can still stack the box and yeah. not worry about Tyrod Taylor, especially going deep. Ever since they traded Watson, they don't have anybody else who's a th- threat deep. And that was like half of Tyrod Taylor's game last year in terms of the passing game. You know, run the ball, set up the play action, and then throw it deep to Sammy Watkins and get a pass interference. That was seriously a lot of their passing game. And they don't have that anymore. They've looked horrible the last few games. I mean, this is one of the, if not the least talented offense in the NFL right now. And that's saying something. So they do have McCoy, but the offensive line isn't great. The weapons aren't great. And Taylor is looking anemic and erratic. So, and then you have the trifecta of Rick Dennison calling plays. <laughs> so I, I mean, I'm sorry to pile on Dennison, but oh my God, the last few years have been painful. Make yeah. an adjustment, do something yeah. different. It's this year has been that stark reminder of just how bad it was. You know, when you see, a lot of the same players and to see a dynamic offense and you're going, what we could have had this with that defense, <laughs> you know, it just, oh, it's frustrating, but it's also a great joy that we have it now. You know, that that's, that's what I love, but yeah, th- this is not a great offensive team. That three points against Carolina, that was not a mistake. That was not just an off day. That's just their offense right now. They just, they don't have anybody that, that scares you. You know, last week there were some players that should scare you against the Cowboys. You know, Elliot Dez is, he's not what he used to be, but he's still a great wide receiver. And, you know, of course you have Witten at the tight end position. He's old, but he's still a huge threat. And he had a pretty good game against Broncos. I mean, given that was about the only place that he could try to throw it. But yeah, this, this is one of those offenses there. There's nobody you know, other than McCoy, Charles Clay is a decent tight end, but uh, <laughs> I, I still don't, I don't know. It's still not somebody that makes me go, Oh my goodness. We really got to keep an eye on this guy and wide receivers. Yeah. They, they have, they have a few drops, you know, even when they've gotten some opportunities, they haven't been able to hold on to the ball. And most of their offense has really been kind of actually on broken plays. I, I don't see a lot of great, plays when you know three-step drop hit your receiver Tyrod Taylor he's not that kind of quarterback like you said a lot of his plays were throwing it deep and hoping something happened and this last game against Carolina a lot of their plays were Tyrod Taylor buying some extra time with his feet and that's pretty much it you know offensive line wise not pretty you know especially Cordy Glenn you know their best I guess Richie Incognito is maybe their best guy but Cordy Glenn 
when he's healthy, is a pretty good left tackle. You and I both have really liked his game. You know, he's a mauler in the run game, which fits well with McCoy and decent in the pass game. But he has been hobbled by an ankle injury. And, you know, he had to be subbed in this last week because he just couldn't put a whole lot of weight on it. So I don't even know if he's going to be a go this week, which means they're going to have a rookie left tackle in Deion Dawkins. And you and I both like that guy in the draft. But only to a certain point, you know, I'm talking, I'm not, I'm not worried about him. You know, when we have Shaq Barrett going against him, you know, Shaq Barrett should destroy that matchup. Yeah. Dawkins is a solid player. I mean, six foot four, 315 pounds, 35 inch arms. I liked how he played. He was very aggressive and a good mover, had the frame to play tackle, but also had the power to play guard. So I love that versatility. And this was back when we weren't sure if we were going to be keeping Okung or not. So to have that versatility, to have him potentially be the right tackle or left guard or right guard, you know, that that's something we needed the all through three of those positions addressed for sure. And we did this off season. Well, mostly Barber and Garcia are competing now for that left guard spot, but Dawkins is solid, but the way Barrett's been playing, I mean, I, you had Tyron Smith up against him yesterday or yesterday this week and Tyron Smith surrendered the third most pressures of any tackle in the NFL this week. So I, good luck. I, I don't care who you put up there. Good luck. Yeah. So yeah, like like I said, it, it's <laughs> this offense. I it just doesn't scare me one bit. You know, you're going to hint at this. You're going to talk about this later, but it's going to take some really bad play by the Broncos to really keep the the Bills in this one. I'm not trying to say, hey, overlook this game because, like I said, this could be a trap game. But you know, at least offensively, this defense should handle them. You know, if they do their job, which I trust that they will, they got a lot of veterans that keep their heads into things. I I just, I can't see them scoring more than 10 points. But moving on here, we're going to move on to our our second, you know, key matchup. And this is, this is the big one for the Broncos, at least, I think. And it is CJ Anderson and the running game. I guess I should say the running game, because it's not just CJ Anderson versus the front seven of the Bills. Right now, the Bills are ranked fifth in the league against the run in yards given up and third in the league in yards per carry. Only gave up 38 yards on 15 carries to the Jets. Well, you know, that that shouldn't be a huge one. But against the, the Panthers, Panthers had 28 carries for only 77 yards. And we thought the Broncos did good against Elliott. Well, the Bills against Christian McCaffrey... He was held to 10 yards on eight carries. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> you know, Jonathan Stewart, 15 carries for 40 yards. You know, this is this is really the strength of the Bills team. This is the one area that you can look at and say they have some talent. You know, guys like Marcel Darius. If you remember right, that 2011 draft, a lot of Bronco fans thought Marcel Darius would be the, the pick for the Broncos. You know, he ended up going third to the Bills. And then they got Kyle Williams at the nose tackle position, Jerry Hughes at one of the defensive end positions. They got, um, who's the other one at the other defensive end, Shaq Lawson at the other side. You know, this is a pretty good front four, especially. And Jerry Hughes against the Panthers left tackle. You know, we're talking about, we don't even know who our left tackle is for this this week. You know, Panthers left tackle gave up two sacks and four quarterback hurries to, to Jerry Hughes this past week. And, uh, it, you know, the Broncos offensive line has got to come to play. That's for sure. You know, and, and if they're going to really do anything on offense, if they're going to keep showing that they are a team to, to, to really fear, 
this is who they're going to have to beat this front four right here. Yeah. And you touched on it. They have, I mean, it's not Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa level of edge rushers, but Shaq Lawson was impressive last week against the Panthers. He had that, I think it was first and goal on the two and it was a run that they tried to just give it to Stewart. And he just came flying around the side and made a tackle in the backfield. So he's somebody, he was injured uh, at the end of Clemson. I believe he had a knee surgery and didn't play the first half of the year, but was very effective once he came in. Uh, not the, you know, the super twitched up type of athlete, but a very good uh, speedy guy, obviously. A good all-around performer. And Jerry Hughes on the other side, you know, just good edge rushers. And their interior defensive line has been very good as well. They have Marcel Darius, uh, drafted Alabama third overall back in 2011, right after the Von Miller pick. There's a lot of Bronco fans who wanted Darius. Luckily, Elway didn't listen to you guys. Uh, not, not an incredible pass rusher, but for his size, I mean, he plays with great power leverage. And watching him, he had a few plays where he just literally pivoted his guy and clogged the run lane and made a tackle on the ball carrier. Both, like you touched on, Stewart and McCoy had nowhere to go, and um, Darius had a big part to do with that. He did get injured last week, though, and only played 17% of the snaps after he was injured. He was injured on the very first play, and it was his ankle. So he might not be super effective this week. So the Broncos might have caught a break there. Uh, He had been somewhat trending down statistically since 2014 when Rex came in. Granted, Rex plays more of a a two-gapping style, 3-4. So those defensive tackles are more just block eaters rather than guys who disrupt. But athletic and has the pedigree and has always been a – just a very good player for the Bills. And then they have Kyle Williams, who is one of the more underrated interior defensive linemen in football. 6'1", 303 pounds, super stout, but he's by far on the wrong end of 30. He's almost 35 years old. He's 34 at LSU. Last year, though, he had a great year again. 83.2 grade from Pro Football Focus, which was good for the 17th ranked interior defensive lineman. So for a six foot one older white guy playing the interior defensive line, I mean, that's he's, he's still kicking it. He's a good player. And one of the nicest guys in the league, too. I mean, anytime I ever get a chance to hear Kyle Williams talk in an interview or anything, I'm just floored because he comes off as a very intelligent, humble, hardworking guy. So I'm not cheering for him this week, but definitely a guy overall you can cheer for. And uh, they also have a backup in there who was supposedly going to be a high-round pick a couple years ago, but fell due to some off-the-field concerns. And he didn't test the best at the combine either, but Ohio State's Adolphus Washington. And he came in last week and had a pretty good game. So the Bills' front four is definitely there, the strength. On the team, I'd give them a, a B to B-plus overall if I was grading the unit. That shows you. They're, they don't have any A units unless you're grading McCoy by himself, I guess. But I'm thinking that the Broncos' defensive line, especially the way uh, Paradis and Leary have been playing, and Watson run blocking as well, I think that Broncos should find some room to run when running to the right side. I, I can get behind that. I, I don't think they'll have quite the success that they maybe had last week. You know, that I don't know, the – Cowboys, other than their their linebackers, the defensive line was kind of a bunch of no names, and you know Broncos really just dominated that line of the scrimmage. and And this week, I think they'll have a little bit more trouble, but I still think that they can can get something done. You know, at least compared to what the Bills have seen these first couple of weeks, they haven't faced great offensive lines yet. and And the Broncos aren't a great offensive line, but I really do think that they are a good run blocking offensive line. You know, like you said, Watson. As bad as he's been in the past, he's been great in the run. A lot of our great runs have been right behind him and Leary. And I'm sure that's exactly where the Broncos are going to try to attack again. And, you know, for for the Bills, you know, 
as great as their defensive line is, their, their linebackers are, I guess the, the way I told you earlier, and you kind of said, we shall see, is I told you that they're a bunch of Todd Davises. You know, decent run, run-stopping linebackers that kind of flow downhill, have decent athleticism, and can go make some plays, really struggle in the pass game. And so, yeah, I, I could see them still being very effective against our, our run offense. You know, they're going to be looking for that, especially knowing that, you know, with our offensive line missing Bulls, who's been one of our better pass blockers, good chance that they're going to try to run this game. You know, good chance they're going to try to protect Simeon and get out of this game as quick as possible, take the crowd out of it through the run game, all those kind of things. And so, yeah, I, I think they're, they're, Linebackers are going to be running downhill and which I think should open up some play action right over the middle. You know, we'll get into that a little bit more here in a little bit, but I don't know. It's, it's going to be an interesting battle between these two units. Yeah. And watching the game, I mean, they just came straight downhill right away. It seemed like they were selling out to stop the run because they were not worried about Cam Newton beating them on a short to medium ranged play, especially once Olsen went out, the linebackers sold out to stop the run. And rightfully so. Uh, I mean, Cam Newton's looked really bad so far through the first two weeks. I mean, he's rusty, obviously. But I've, I'm hoping that the – I mean, with Mike McCoy, I've, I haven't been as confident in our offensive play calling since early 2014 Manning. That's, that's the truth. <laughs> it's been that lackluster. And the, through the first two weeks, it's been just a revel, revel, revelation. Amazing. And they have some guys. You know, Lorenzo Alexander stuck out to me on tape. I liked his versatility. He is a, I believe he's an 11 year pro now. So he's an older guy, but they had him playing edge rusher in sub packages and they had him off the ball and he had a pretty good game last week. Um, He had 12 overall tackles and I believe he had a sack as well. Moved around. Preston Brown is a, I believe a fourth year player out of Louisville. Good middle linebacker. Uh, Well, solid middle linebacker. I wouldn't call him good. I give him a C. (laughs) And then they have uh, Humber as well. Who's somebody that I honestly had, not a lot of knowledge about coming into this game, but he has 21 tackles so far this season. So he is making plays, you know, whether that be him just cleaning up because the defensive line is doing well, also going against two of the most struggling offenses in the NFL to start the season. You know, we'll, we'll see, we will see how good this front four or this front seven is because the two teams they've played against have had bad results, no matter who they've played. So a little too early to say what units are going to be amazing unless, you know, the Broncos defensive line going up against the Cowboys. You know, we already know what the Cowboys offensive line and run game is, but we don't really know about the Bills front seven. So I'm thinking running the ball, get those linebackers sucked in and hit them over the top of the play action. Uh, and Simeon getting the ball out quickly because I don't trust our tackles to protect the edge as well. I am. Yeah, I, I, I can't really add much to that. I, I think that's a great game plan for the Broncos and I think that it could produce really well for them to get some big plays over the middle of the field and right over the top of those linebackers. And, and Simeon has been one of the best at doing that play action. You know, you saw with last week with uh, the Cowboys, I love the, the play, you know, the touchdown to, to Sanders. Yeah. Sorry. I'm trying to think of the, the names here. Sanders first touchdown or the second one, the first one where he threw it over the top of about three players and that you was saw, one of his best throws. Yeah. You saw Sean Smith, you know, of all people, one of the best. Sean Lee. Off the, Sean Lee, sorry. Yes, Sean Lee. One of the best off-ball linebackers in the NFL, if not the best. Uh, Luke Kukley, you, you, I'm sorry, you can't beat him. But one of the best out there. 
And he got sucked up on the play action and right over the top to Sanders. You know, it was a great play. Great play. Loved it. And I think they can do that exact same thing right here to the Bills. Yeah, absolutely agree. Now, we still have a lot to get to, but first we want to once again say thank you to our sponsor, MyBookie.net. MyBookie is all about the fun and excitement of making accurate predictions on your favorite teams without having to risk any of your hard-earned cash. Site members can make picks against real spreads, lines, and totals for major sports leagues and associations, as well as college sports, and compete for great prizes courtesy of MyBookie. MyBookie.net is the greatest, most professional, and best of all, totally free 100% recreational sports prediction service you can find on the web. Instead of the typical head-to-head challenges and handicapping contests, MyBookie.net goes beyond the basics and offers members a true betting platform that will make users feel like they were on a real betting site. Unlike most betting services, MyBookie.net is a completely free site that allows you to make daily predictions and bets and win real prizes at no cost to you. MyBookie is not a gambling or play-for-money site. It's a free sports wagering website built for millions of sports fans to provide them with a platform to participate in picking games, predicting scores, and competing for free prizes without risking any money. Just like office pick'em contests in fantasy football, MyBookie brings a deeper enjoyment and excitement to watching our favorite sports teams by increasing the stakes. It's fun, and most importantly, for no cost to you, you get to make predictions and qualify for prizes. Again, the service is absolutely free for all users, and we want to say thank you to MyBookie.net for sponsoring the Huddle Up podcast. Well, I touched on it a little bit there uh, before getting on to that advertisement that we need to get to, but the Broncos tackles this week versus the the Bills edge rushers is really going to be something that probably defines what the Broncos offense can do. You know, with, whether or not they can run the ball will be huge. But with the struggles of Watson so far and the question of who's going to play left tackle and how effectively they're going to play left tackle, the that matchup could be the one that determines the outcome of this game when it's all said and done. If you had to pick right now, who do you think is going to be the starter for the left tackle? I would probably pick Stevenson just because I think he is a better pass blocker. As crazy as that sounds, I know. Um, he's been much more natural in his career at the left tackle position. And I feel like Barber came in because he's a better, just more hulking run blocker. And the game was pretty much sealed at that point. I mean, how many runs and play actions were called once Barber was in? You know, it wasn't many, you know, five-step drop, seven-step drop type of things. So I'm guessing it'll be Stevenson, but I've asked for confirmation. I haven't gotten anything yet. So we'll see. I'd say that is just completely conjecture and a guess. Okay. I actually went with Barber just because I do think the Broncos are going to want to try to run the ball a lot more just to get through this game. You know, that, that's – I don't know. Barber, like you said, he is the better run blocker, and I just see the Broncos – wanting to protect Simeon as much as possible in the sense of just running the football. You know, best way you protect your quarterback is just run it down their throats. Don't even give them a chance to hit the quarterback. And I just, I like Barber for that. And I think he can be a little bit more consistent. I think Stevenson's the better athlete of the two for sure. But I just think with wanting to run the football, like they have been through these first two games and then playing play action off of that. I think, I think Barber has earned a chance to try that. But like you said, we'll, we'll see. Uh, either one that comes in, you're not going to feel all that comfortable. Uh, and then Watson on the other side. <laughs> this is you, yeah. you're just hoping you can make it through these next couple of weeks, and and hope after the bye that Bulls is ready to go because that's uh, he's one of those players you cannot lose. He's proven himself to be better than a lot of people thought he would be this early in his career. He's had what a, a 95.3 pass blocking efficiency so far this year. And I don't know where that ranks, but it's very good for especially a rookie. And and then also he's been very productive in the run game as well. So he's been a very 
huge uh, blessing for this team. You know, he's been a, a huge surprise compared to where a lot of people, like I said, thought he would be at this time in his career. And so get healthy, big guy. We need you and need you to, uh, especially after the bye week, come back and, and show this team that, uh, that you were the perfect first round pick for us. Yeah. And we've been just extremely lucky that it was just a bone bruise. I mean, I was prepared to lose him for the season. That, it felt like the season was over when that happened. Honestly, like we don't, we can't lose a lot of guys. Like you can't lose Tlaib, Harris, Vaughn, but the depth that we have at tackle behind Bulls is as bad as any position we have on the roster. So if Bulls goes down, I mean, you are, you are hoping, I mean, you can just luck your way to some wins. The defense is still great, but your, your quarterback, Simeon, having to go through a whole season of Watson and Stevenson slash Barber on the bookends in this division. Good luck. I mean, I was just nightmares. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Max protect on every play. There's no other way to get around. <laughs> pretty much. That, that's yeah. pretty much what you got to do. But yeah. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, especially, yeah, again, this week, there really seems like no break from good pass rushers this year. It's crazy. So far. Yeah, so so far. I mean, there, there's going to be some games like the Jets don't have great pass rushers. The, the Patriots, that's, like I said, that's probably their biggest weakness is they just don't have a great pass rush. And so, you know, but but yeah, AFC West, I think a lot of teams are figuring out very quickly how great the AFC West in pass rush productivity is. And but Jerry Hughes, you know, he, he's been a very productive guy. He had a two year span of 120 total pressures and 23 sacks. And unfortunately, kind of Rex Ryan, he wasn't a great fit with Rex Ryan there for that two year period. And now he's back to his original four three spot at the defensive end. And so far, he's looked really good through the first two games. And Sha- Shaq Lawson, you know, he's he's been very, very productive for, for them as well. You know, especially in the run game, I I've been very impressed with him and, and how he's, I think he has what a 27.3 run stop percentage in week one, which was the best by any bills defender since 2010. So showing well for a second year player showing why he was a first round pick. Uh, we'll have to see how much this injury really affects him. It was a nerve contusion and with all injuries, it's all about severity. You know, you you can play with a, you know, a, a nerve hurting a little bit here and there. But if it's really bothering him, if it's causing numbness in certain parts of his body, that, that's going to be tough for him to, to deal with. So we'll, we'll just have to see how that goes as the week goes on. And Glenn as well. And Darius, you know, they, they, they have some very serious injuries and to, to some key players that, that could really make this game kind of become a blowout if the Broncos really take advantage of some of this, but this will be a huge matchup. Watson Barber or Stevenson that that's, they got to step up. Broncos need them. Simeon needs them. Simeon's taken some big hits so far this year. And as great as he's been uh, bouncing back and not letting it bother him, <laughs> I, we can't lose him. Yeah, you are 120% correct. And you're you're right as well that just one week after another, the edge rush talent is good. This week we have Hughes and Lawson 
Next week, we have Irvin and Mac, and then thank God we have the bye. But then it's the Giants who have JPP and Oliver Vernon, and then it's the Chargers again, then it's the Chiefs. I mean, it's just, it, and then it's the Eagles. It, it doesn't end. And we have the, I mean, still toughest schedule in the NFL. So if we're going to make the playoffs this year, it's as trial by fire as it gets. And I really like this pair for the, the Bills on edge. I, you know, we t- talked about it a little bit, but Jerry Hughes drafted in the first round from TCU by the Colts and played stand-up edge rusher there and just never really ticked, just never, never really made it out for him. And then he was traded to the Bills and he had back-to-back 10 sacks years. So he is a guy who has just been a great player for the Bills since he's been there. He struggled a little bit when Rex Ryan came over, but back in the 4-3, last week he had two sacks again. Granted, were those sacks because Cam Newton held onto the ball a little bit too long? Eh, maybe. Cam Newton has a tendency to do that. But still, he got home and made the plays. Uh, in those two years when he had all those sacks – he had 120 total pressures and 23 sacks. So last season, 81.4 pro football focus grade. So just a, a very good B-level edge rusher, especially in a 4-3. Then they have Shaq Lawson, who I was super impressed with. I had a I was a big fan of him coming out in the draft. Not for the Broncos, because I feel like he's more of a, uh, a true 4-3 edge rusher rather than a 3-4. He's a little bit more lumbering, not quite big enough, or not quite quick enough to be a guy that you want in the 3-4. But in 4-3, he's perfect. 6'3", 270 pounds, a good all-around performance of the Combine, and really is just starting to make his presence felt. He had a good season last year, and last week might have been his best game yet. He was all over the field making plays. He does have that injury, so he might be limited or out, which would be huge for the Broncos' tackles. But again, this is going to be a very tough matchup for the Broncos at tackle on the edge rush again. Simeon's going to have to get the ball out quickly, and the run game's going to have to be somewhat effective just to make sure that play action can step up so those tackles get just a little bit more time, but trial by fire. Like I said, it's just, it, it, the edge rushing does not get any easier from here. So these guys, especially Watson are going to have to step it up and get better. Otherwise, I mean, I guess they're going to get replaced by more garbage. I, I, I don't want to call him garbage, but it's just, he's, he's got to step up point blank. So here's to hoping, I guess I'm, I'm done being a, a pessimist. Watson steps it up this week has his best game as a pro yet. Not, not a, a, a huge stretch considering the low bar he's had. He's set so far. Oh, I hope so especially for Simeon's sake. But moving on to our, our final key matchup of the game here, and we have the Broncos passing game versus the Bills secondary. And, and again, here's another area that I think the Broncos can really take advantage of the Bills. They have a really good co- rookie cornerback in Tredavious White. I've been really impressed when I watched him play. He allowed only a 41% completion pa- percentage and passes thrown his way at, at his last year at LSU. And it's showed up again here for the bills. I, like I said, I've just been very, very impressed with what he's doing. He's very aggressive and he just loves to, to attack the ball. And I, I don't know. I, I don't like that matchup for the Broncos, but every other spot I like for the Broncos, EJ Gaines, And, and this is what they do. They, they don't move their cornerbacks around like the Broncos. I, at least from what I saw, Tredavious white, right. Stayed on the, on the right side of the Broncos off or what would be the Broncos offense and EJ Gaines stayed on the left side. So usually what that would mean would be Tredavious white against Emmanuel Sanders. And then of course, EJ Gaines, a five foot 10, 190 pound cornerback would be against Demarius Thomas. So to me, Demarius Thomas has to have a big game for this Broncos offense to really take off. You know, I think they can still win if Demarius Thomas doesn't have a great game, but if they really want to put this one away early and and just really pile on, Demarius Thomas has to take advantage of that matchup because he's got the size advantage, he's got the 
He's got the weight advantage. He's fast. He's strong. And EJ Gaines, he's just not a he's not the greatest cornerback. He had a decent season, I think his rookie year, if I remember right. And he just hasn't been all that great since. And then he suffered he uh he suffered a foot injury and he just hasn't been the same since that. Oh, that's what happened. Okay. I, I was wondering what kind of happened to him there. But yeah, that, that rookie year, I was very, very impressed for for being kind of that later round pick guy. And yeah, he just hasn't been the same since. But one player that has surprised me in their secondary, Jordan Poyer, a six foot, 195 pound safety from Oregon State. And he has been flying around the field. He's got a couple sacks. He's got some pass breakups, 11, you know, tackles galore. He just, like I said, he is all over the field and he's a hard hitter. He had one play, if I remember right, it was in the, you know, Panthers were, were driving and Cam Newton made a, he threw a really nice pass to, to Benjamin. And all of a sudden Poyer just came out of nowhere and just knocked the wind right out of Benjamin. I mean, he, he laid there for a little bit, just kind of, oh, you know, <laughs> there, there's been, a, there's always a, a few hits that just make players have to kind of sit there for a little bit and gather themselves. But beyond Poyer and White, I just don't see much in the secondary. And we're going to get into this. We're going to do a new segment on what you would do against a, an opponent. You know, one of us is going to be the opponent. One of us is going to be the Broncos and how you would play each other. And for me, I would spread them out. I know, you know, we you talked about the whole, you know, go max protect to help these tackles. But if you can spread these guys out, they just don't have the the horses in the secondary to keep up with all the weapons that the Broncos have. Yeah, and you you aren't going to get away without talking about my Iowa Hawkeye Micah Hyde. There's there's no way. So I guess I guess I'll talk about him. Six <laughs> foot, one hundred ninety five pounds from the University of Iowa, and played the last few seasons with the Green Bay Packers. And very versatile player for them. He played cornerback. He played nickel black, nickelback. He played both safety positions. But he's a guy that you want as a a jack of all trades, so to speak. You know, he can play the safety positions. He can come down and play nickel. But if he's a starting, you know, one of your starting four secondary members, you probably are looking to upgrade him. He's a solid player, uh, good instincts, but just never been the athlete that you want in the secondary. Not the big hitter, not the guy who's creating a lot of turnovers. Just a solid overall guy who can play across the secondary. A good matchup piece. But he's playing free safety for them, and or free safety and strong safety. They kind of rotate Poyer and Hyde. But... He's somebody that I think the Broncos should look to take advantage of if they can. Uh, the linebackers for the Bills right now are not super fast, which is something that will change over time with McNermott. He loves to have his linebackers who can fly. They value the linebackers more than the cornerbacks, which is insane to me. But you know, some of, some of you out there are tired of the Broncos not taking a linebacker in the first round. McDermott's your guy because he's going to take linebacker, linebacker after linebacker in the first round. He loves those guys who can chase down and play coverage and come downhill. And they don't have those right now. So the safeties are going to have to cover up that. And Poyer, solid player. He's actually had a lacerated kidney last year in a special teams play. So I think he's actually, with the way he's playing right now, he could be on pace for comeback player of the year. That's how good he's been through the first two weeks. Granted, not great offenses. So we'll, we'll see what he has to do this week. Not that the Broncos have a great offense, but we're at least competent. Like we're competent yeah. on offense. So Right, right. And, you know, if, if you watch that, especially that Panthers game, there were guys running wide open. Oh my goodness. I mean, no, nobody within, you know, five, 10 yards, which is in the NFL is unheard of. And Cam Newton just, <laughs> I can't emphasize enough how badly he played in that game for being MVP two years ago. He is so far off from that. It, it's, it's crazy. So there are going to be some opportunities for, for sending to hit some guys that are going to be wide open. And 
the secondary, they, they can definitely blow some coverages. You know, they got a lot of new pieces. Like you said, EJ Gaines got traded here during the Watkins trade. Tredavious White is a rookie. Jordan Poyer's new. Micah Hyde's new. Just a lot of new pieces. And when that happens, there's going to be communication errors, especially early on in the season. And Simeon, he has to take advantage of those. And that was one of the very few complaints last week against Cowboys is there was times where there was some big plays to happen and Simeon just didn't hit it. You know, that, that DT, especially that, that one play where he was wide open for a touchdown. And Simeon tried to take the check down to Fowler and ended up throwing it behind him on a third down play and, of course, missed it. You know, it was one of his worst plays of the game. That There's no way getting around that. He had a lot of great plays, but he did have a couple bad plays, and that was one of them. And against the Bills, there's going to be some opportunities. And is Simeon going to be the guy that's aggressive enough to to keep looking down the field and and hit those? Because those, those could really be, you know, that, that's how you back off a defense. That's how you make them have to play that that cover two, you know, safety look and keep a guy out of the box. Then the run game opens up and and all those kind of things. You know, all of it works together. Everything works together in the NFL. So gonna be interesting to see how they how they 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 do this for sure. I, I hope they spread them out. And that that kind of brings us to our next segment here. Like I said, this is kind of a new one that we're gonna look at. And it's we're gonna act like we are one of the two teams, you know, I'm going to be the Broncos today because, well, you know, I, I, I came up with this segment and well, I get the Broncos first. I'm just selfish like that. So fair enough. Fair enough. I, won't, <laughs> I, won't get the bills. And I, I realized after I, I typed all that up, that means I have to be the Raiders next week. Oh, oh gosh. So uh, my selfishness led to a very terrible decision, but getting to this, if I were the Broncos, how would you attack this bill's defense? And like I said, instead of playing that max protect, this is what I would do. I would spread them out three wide, you know, one tight end, one running back. And some of it depends a little bit. I, we don't know how Fowler's doing. It looked like a really bad injury to his head. I, I don't know. I, I don't expect him back this week. So that's going to mean Latimer and McKenzie. Those are our other two wide receivers that have been getting opportunities. And I'm guessing if Fowler's injured, that means – uh, Taylor is in, right? He'll come off the inactive list. I believe so, but I'm thinking Fowler will be back. It sounds like he will be back. Oh, okay, okay. I hope so. It, it just it looked like a pretty hard hit to the head, so uh, we'll we'll see on that one. But I, I hope he is back because he's been he's been outstanding. He's been a lot quicker than he was last year. He's been getting open. He's had really good hands. I mean that that catch on his injury. I mean I know he went out of bounds, but that was a great catch. Oh my goodness. I, I was very impressed. That was the catch of the day for that game, at least in my opinion, even though it didn't even count. But like I said, I would spread them out, make them have to show that they're either playing man or zone coverage and even have times where I have Jamal Charles in the backfield and run him out, you know, put him in one of those wide receiver spots and just, you know, make them have to cover the entire field and then hit quick passes. They like to play a lot of off ball coverage from what I could tell. And especially when you start getting to those second, third, fourth cornerbacks or safeties, they get scared. So they play off a little bit more and you can hit them pretty quick. And then you can, we have guys that can make guys miss. That's, that's always the great thing. You know, you got to get the, the ball into your playmakers hands like DT. Uh, if he's going against EJ Gaines, he's got to go make some plays for us. 
He's got to make some guys miss, and he's great at that. And Charles coming out of the backfield or C.J. Anderson, he's got great hands too. I, I don't know about Booker. I don't think he's going to be a go this week from what I understand. And But if he was a go, he has really good hands as well. He's very good in the open field. And so that, that's how I would attack them. And once you got them spread out, that opens up some running lanes. It's, it's kind of hat on hat, offensive line versus their defensive line. And our guys have shown that they can block really well in the run game. And C.J. Anderson has shown that he can do a great job finding a little crease and turning it into a big play. And so for me, that's, that's personally how I would attack the, the Bills defense. How would you attack the Broncos offense if you were the Bills defense? I would bring all 11 players to the side of Menelik Watson and just rush. <laughs> just get at, no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, the Broncos offense, I mean, they are susceptible at the tackle position. There's no other way around it. And with the Bills being so good at stopping the, the, the running game right now, I think I would play a lot more uh, zone, more physical zone, and be a nickel a bit more just because I'm going to trust my horses on the defensive line and make it so that way the Broncos aren't getting it, uh, passing the ball through the air. Make Simeon uncomfortable. I would also be sending a fair amount of blitzes. Simeon has struggled so far this year against the blitz, especially last week. He um, very good when the Broncos are protecting him. Simeon was very good when the pocket was clean. Uh, he went 21 for 25 with 226 yards and all four of his touchdowns and a passer rating of 143.9. But when he was under pressure and he was blitzed, that's when he threw his interception and he only completed one of his seven pass attempts for five yards while taking two sacks. So if I am the Bills, I am bringing pressure. I am stressing that edge, making Simeon make quick, smart decisions because when he is pressed, that's when he's made mistakes. And with the struggling offense that the Bills have, I want to force the issue and I want to jolt the offense. So whether that be great field position from a turnover or a defensive score, both of those work. So I'm going to be attacking Simeon with a aggressive downhill blitzing defense and clogging the run games, but playing more nickel. All right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, now moving to the other side of the ball, if I am the Broncos on defense playing the bills offense, what am I doing? I am forcing the ball into Tyrod Taylor's hands as a quarterback, throwing the football. I am sticking eight men in the box, kind of like what we did against the Cowboys pretty much. I mean, it's a very they, – they are such a similar team to the Cowboys, just with a lot less, ta- lot less talent than the Cowboys. They try to do a lot of the same things, and, yeah, they just don't have the quarterback. Tyrod's not as good as Dak for sure, and McCoy is, McCoy is not as good as, as Elliott. You know, that's just how it is. Offensive line-wise, they are not even close. (laughs) We're we're talking different stratospheres when it comes to offensive lines between these two teams. And so, yeah, I would stack the box, make sure that Tyrod Taylor has to stay in the pocket and try to throw. LaShawn McCoy, I am sending the house at this guy to to keep him stopped and making sure that uh, as much as I want to blitz in this one, I am so scared of that that leading to a big play in the screen game or LaShawn McCoy just popping out of the backfield and Tyrod Taylor hitting him, you know, along that sideline and nobody being around that. That's one of my biggest fears for this game is just that that mistake that we make, you know, of, of somebody missing a tackle or somebody blowing a coverage like that. And we saw it a little bit against the the chargers. There's a couple plays where they really blew the coverage, especially against the, their running back Gordon. And 
So that, that's how I'd play them. Eight in the box, make Tyrod beat them, make those wide receivers have to beat our great corners. You know, that, that's the Broncos did a great job this last week of pretty much saying they have no respect for the Cowboys wide receivers. They were pretty much saying, you go try to beat us. We're the all pros. You show us that you belong. And they definitely didn't answer that call. So I, I'd do the same thing. Make Zay Jones and Matthews and who else do they have? I guess Charles Clay and Andre Holmes. There you go. Andre Holmes. That's who I was trying to think of. Make those guys have to beat our guys one-on-one and get Tyrod Taylor uncomfortable. I think I saw a stat of Tyrod Taylor last, last week, especially when he was under pressure. He, you know, you talked about Simeon struggling. Well, last week, Taylor, when he was under pressure, had a quarterback rating of 59. When he was kept clean, 86.1. So not great either way, but especially when he's under pressure, he has struggled. So make him uncomfortable and let our guys go make some plays. Well, if I am the Bills on offense going against the Broncos defense, I don't come out of the locker room, probably. <laughs> That's the best chance we have. Nah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a pretty lopsided matchup. The Broncos have struggled against receiving backs, though, and they have struggled against quarterbacks who can make plays with the legs. So I'm going to have to go with that. I would be motioning McCoy a lot to create some confusion and maybe get an isolation with him with uh, – Maybe a linebacker moving out against him. Granted, I'm guessing the Broncos will play more zone than normal to keep everything in front of them just because Tyrod, they're not worried so much about getting beat deep, so you don't have to play that cover two man as much. You can have everything in front of you with that zone defense and come attack downhill. I'm doing your job for you there. But anyway, <laughs> as the Bills defense or the Bills offense, I'm using the screen game a fair amount. I'm playing 21 personnel with uh, two tight ends, a fair amount to chip the Broncos edge rushers because Lord knows – the Bills tackles and offensive line is are honestly, I mean, the tackles probably aren't as poor as the Broncos without Bulls, but the offensive line as a whole is worse than what the Broncos have. And getting the ball quickly and using Tyrod's athleticism to create plays. Don't really have the weapons in the pass game to threaten vertically, which really hampers the ability of a running quarterback and the run game. But just trying to take advantage of the linebackers and coverage. Also trying to see... Uh, what Justin Simmons brings. Last week, he struggled somewhat against Jason Witten. Granted, that was partially schematic. The Broncos sold out to stop the run, which meant Witten was going to have some easier targets, and he took advantage of them, besides dropping that touchdown in the end zone. So going to see what I can get with Charles Clay against Justin Simmons. And also with Roby having that boot on his foot this week, if he's in there, I want to test Roby early. Get him isolated in coverage one-on-one and see if I – young, talented receiver in Zay Jones or the decent-sized Jordan Matthews can body up Roby, who potentially is nursing some sort of injury in his foot. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. No, it's it's going to be a – this is one of those games. I, I hate to say I can't see us losing, but it, it's very tough for me when I see how well our defense can play against their offense. And uh, it, it's just going to take some crazy things, I think, for the Broncos to lose this one. But any week, you know, every every week they have to come up and show up. You know, it's why games aren't won on paper. But moving on to to another section here, we, we call this the X Factor. And I almost almost messaged you earlier this week to say that you need to pick the guy that I picked, just because the last two weeks the guys that you the guy that you have picked has been one of the best players on the Broncos. Well, you know, first week you picked, uh, I think you picked Trevor Simeon 
And he went out and had a really great game compared to what a lot of people thought he would. And then this last week you picked Adam Gotsis and oh my goodness. <laughs> he was he has been impressive. Man, he looks like a whole new player compared to last year. It, it's so much fun watching him play, especially in the run game. And and really the whole defensive line, but especially him, because you you consider the the injuries that we've had, Jared Crick now gone for the season. You know, the next guy that was supposed to step up was Zach Kerr, and he hasn't played yet. Then we go and sign the guy that used to play for Seattle, and then he's on the inactive list. And Adam Gosses just comes in and just shows, I don't care. We don't need those guys. I'm going to be happy when we get Kerr and what is that? Ayuben? Is that right? Ruben. Just call him Ruben. Ruben. There we go. He's okay. from Iowa okay. State, so he's meh as it is. But. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, when we get you know even greater depth behind these guys, it's going to be just all that more. But to have Gotsis now become a legit starter in this league, it's not just that he's a just another guy that you have to put in there. No, he is a legit starter, and he needs to get a little bit more consistent and getting some pressure in the pass game. But man, his run defense something to watch, and he's been a big reason for the turnaround for sure. So that was your guy last week, and so I like I said, I, I thought about messaging you and being like, "Man, you got to pick Minaluk Watson." to be your guy this week because every time you pick somebody, they step up and oh, it'd be so great to see him. But my guy last week was, was Bradley Roby and he was, he was very solid. He had some great plays. He had very nice coverage on a, a fade route to Des Bryant. You know, the, the Broncos, they trust him so much against even the top targets for teams. Even when, you know, I, I look at the, the Cowboys and Beyond Des Bryant, they just didn't have much at the wide receiver position. So you'd think, hey, we got two all-pro cornerbacks. We should stick one of those guys on them and just have them follow them around. Nope. Bradley Roby. You got the matchup. He's against you. Go for it. And he showed well. I, I thought he had a much better game than his first game for sure. Yeah, he did. And I'm hoping that that injury is not big. I mean, yeah, Roby had a great game and got this, man. Like you touched on, just been a different player. I mean, he added that weight and he's another year off that ACL. And a lot of people were hating the pick. I mean, when he was picked, I'll be completely honest, I'm a draft fanatic. I was kind of like, really? Like, this guy? Because draft breakdown and didn't have much tape on him. And I'm not taking a lot of time out of my day to watch Georgia Tech tape. So, <laughs> got this has been a revelation this year and i'm excited to see what he can develop into i'm not seeing much from the past rush game yet but that'll come that normally takes two three years and he's shown the athleticism that i think it's coming but for me this week i am going to marius thomas you touched on it a little bit ej games is somebody who's played on the the left side more i believe it is on the bills line and i think if you are mccoy you're playing matchups you got to put the bigger body to marius thomas over the five foot nine gains DT's been playing better this year, in my opinion. Granted, he's doesn't have that hip injury, which hurt him all last season after that first game. Uh, he's been aggressive, playing the ball better in the air. And if you get him on that smaller guy on the left side, I mean, he can just body him. And DT's coming up on some pretty big uh, milestones as well. He only needs 158 receiving yards to reach 8,000 career yards and become the sixth active player with that total. So awesome. And he also needs a one more 100 reception yard game or wow, 100 receptions, 100 receiving yard games to pass Calvin Johnson for the second most 100 receiving yard games since 2011. So I'm thinking this is a game where DT has got a prime matchup and I wouldn't be surprised if he had his best game to date so far this season. 
There you go. Fantasy football owners of, of DT. This is a good week to play him, at least according to, to Nick Kendall. So if he if he messes up your fantasy football week, please tweet Nick Kendall at Nick Kendall MHH. Let him know that you, you messed him up <laughs> or that he messed you up. Tweet like at I the said, tackles. Tweet at the yeah. tackles. Because if yeah. DT has a bad game, it's because Simeon was getting clobbered. There you go. Well, and then that leads to my guy, Menelik Watson. With Bulls going down, Broncos just can't single him out for helping helping him out. He's going to have to step up. He's he's going to have to prove that that he belongs. I, you know, I I don't expect him to all of a sudden become all pro right tackle, but get it down to one sack a game, maybe a couple hurries, and that's it. <laughs> he's got to do that. He, he's got to show up at some point. And and this week, I would actually say this is maybe his easiest matchup. Hughes is great, but Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram in week one, and I'm, I'm blanking on Cowboys for week two. Lawrence. Lawrence. is Actually, I, I thought he was really, really good his first week especially and proved really good against Menelik Watson as well. So given he's played two right tackles that might be the two worst right tackles in football right now. So can't say too much about that, but I think Hughes is a little bit more easy of a matchup in the past game. And I, I, he's like I said, he's just got to be that guy that really steps up and helps this team out and, and helps cover up this injury to bulls while they wait for him to come back. And, and, you know, next week that matchup against Mac, Oh, I hope the Broncos stick a tight end next to, to Watson the entire game. And kind of like the the Chargers did that first week against Von Miller. Von Miller still tried to make a few plays. He still got a few hurries here and there. But they pretty much triple teamed him the entire game. They pretty much dared anybody else to beat them but Von Miller. I'm really hoping that's exactly what the Broncos do of saying Khalil Mack is not going to beat us this game. We will double. We will triple. Whatever it takes. Anybody else has to step up and make a play because – Right now, the, the Raiders, they don't have a whole lot beyond Mac for that defensive line, in my opinion. So that's that's what I'm hoping for next week. But this week, step up against Hughes. Go win that matchup. Or Shaq Lawson, whoever comes up against you, you got to go out and win that matchup. I, I really uh, That's a guy I'm going to be keeping an eye on for sure. Yes, absolutely. And finally, our last segment, what to watch for. Carl and I will touch on what we said last week and how it impacted the game and then have what we think are some key areas to highly impactful on the outcome of the game this week. Last week, you said the third receiving option, and that didn't really come to fruition. That was probably mostly because the the weapons, or the secondary for the Cowboys got decimated, and DT and Sanders just ate. Now, that being said, you know, you did have that big touchdown catch from Virgil Green. And you had C.J. Anderson making big plays in the receiving game as well. So I'll give you a half a point on that one, Carl. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> and for me, I had the Broncos pass rushers slash edge defense because with how the Cowboys run that zone stretch and Dak Prescott off that boot action, the edge defenders needed to be very solid in run defense and disciplined in play action. And boy, howdy were they. I mean, get me excited over here. I'm using the word howdy. Von Miller and Shaq Barrett, the, the best duo Edge rushing duo so far this season. I'm not even, that's not even a stretch to say. They've been that good in run defense and getting pressures. You know, you had Botch on here last week saying Von Miller is not much of a run defender. Watch the tape against Dallas. I, I hope he watched it because Von Miller was a fiend in run defense. He was getting around guys so quickly. 
and making them turn around. There was that big play behind the line of scrimmage where Derek Wolf ran down Ezekiel Elliott. That play happens because Von Miller beats the tight end in like 0.25 seconds. It was incredible. So that was big. And this week, this is, for, oh, sorry. I, I just want to add one last point to that. Uh, I had a guy on, on Twitter, you know, we, we, we spent a lot of time on Twitter <laughs> more than we probably should, but a guy was commenting on how the, the Broncos pass rushers haven't really been all that great because they don't have a whole lot of sacks. Sacks are not everything when it comes to the pass rush. 21 pressures. When you talk about, you know, 50 to 55 dropbacks for Dak, when he's being pressured on almost half of them, that is a great pass rush. You can't get around that. That's And people get so obsessed with stats, and they can miss the, the little things that make all the difference. The, the two interceptions, those come because Dak is trying to get rid of the football in a hurry. He is tired of getting hit over and over and over again. And wide receivers are tired of getting jammed. You know, all those kind of things, they, they add up together. And so for people out there, when they look at the lack of production, you know, that was a big thing towards Von Miller. Oh, he hadn't had sacks in five games straight. He was still impacting games left and right. He just was doing it in different ways, and teams were having to completely game plan to try to shut him down. And thankfully, we have Shaq Barrett, who was showing up big time on the other side. You know, uh, Derek Wolf has been a decent pass rusher. He's a great run defender. Other guys are, are trying to step up and, and doing great. And so just keep that in mind when you look at the sack numbers and go, well, what's going on? Those sacks will come, especially when Shane Ray gets back and you got three weapons coming after the quarterback like that. But right now, getting those pressures, especially against a great offensive line like Dallas, that is a great performance. Yeah, great is maybe even an understatement. That's how incredible they were last week. I am blown away and Shane Ray may not have a starting spot when he gets back. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's how good Barrett has been. For as awesome as Von Miller is, there's been plenty of times when Shaq Barrett... So, I mean, just a another undrafted free agent find. And the way Barrett's playing right now, I believe he's going to be a restricted free agent again in the offseason, but that dude's looking like a $10-plus million a year edge rusher. That's how valuable those guys are, and that's how good he's been looking. But my what to watch for for this week... For the Broncos is an area we didn't really touch on so much, but that is the linebackers and safeties. Like we touched on, the Bills' wide receivers and pass game aren't that great. Tyrod Taylor is not that accurate outside the hash marks unless he's throwing on the run and is on outside the hash marks when he's throwing it. Uh, but McCoy and Clay are probably their best two wide receiving options. I do like Zay Jones. Jordan Matthews is solid, but they don't have any alphas at wide receiver. So the Broncos' linebackers and safeties are going to be huge this week in covering Clay Matthews and covering McCoy in the past game and coming down and filling gaps uh, like they did last week in just very solid run defense. But also, not letting Tyrod beat you with his legs. I mean, he's going to get some here and there, but you can't let him break down the field. You can't let him make your linebackers on skates multiple times. So linebackers and safeties just playing disciplined football up front. Well, my choice is... Because of the the tackles and and the big question mark there, the offensive line interior, they have to go win this game on offense for the Broncos. They have a very tough matchup with Kyle Williams and maybe Marcel Darius. Even their backups are actually looking pretty good this year. But we need those guys to step up as well. Leary, Paradis, and kind of depending on what happens with the left tackle position, Garcia or, or Barber, one of the two. 
But those guys really have to step up, get some push in the the interior, allow the you know if we can get some yards, especially going up the middle, that's going to be be huge. Then those guys have to start crowding and not worrying about the edge. And then maybe you bust one out with Jamal Charles to the edge and get a big gain. I need to see those guys go win. And so that, that's exactly what I'm going to be watching for. There, I mean, there's a lot of things I'm going to be watching for us, the whole entire offensive line. But if those interior guys can go out there and whoop up on Kyle Williams and Marcel Darius, it's going to go a long ways to this run game continuing to dominate. Yeah, I agree. That's a good one. And I'm going to cheat. I have an extra one. I'll, I'll give us credit for both of them. You know, we both have this one because it's an obvious gimme. And I'll give Vance Joseph this one as well because he came out and said this is the area he's most unhappy with so far. And that's turnovers. Bill's defense is good. I'm not going to call them great, but they're good. But their offense is just plain old not good. They're bad. So if the Broncos just take care of the football, don't create any dumb turnovers. You know, you had that strip sack yesterday, which gifted Dallas seven points. I mean, let's be real. Are they moving all the way down the field? to score that first touchdown, not with the way the defense was playing. So turnovers, don't let this Bills anemic offense get a short field. Don't put the defense behind the eight ball. Take care of the ball, play field position. I mean, even if that dreaded C word, play conservatively, you can do that with the way this defense is playing and with how bad the Bills offense looks. Just don't do anything stupid with the ball. Take care of it. And the Broncos currently have the longest win streak in the NFL when they win the turnover battle. They've had 30 consecutive wins when they win the turnover battle. The next longest is the Houston Texans with 15. So take care of the ball. Don't turn it over. Let the defense do what it needs to do, and you can walk out of Buffalo with a win coming back home to play the Oakland Raiders you know, heading into a huge Week 4 matchup. That, that Turnovers always seems to be that one that you just need to talk about like pretty much every week. It is one of the few stats that actually very much correlates with wins. I think it's something like 95% of the time when a team wins the turnover battle, they win the game. It's one of the few things that you can look at and say, hey, who won the turnover battle? Oh, that team won the game. And like you said, Broncos, 30 consecutive wins when they do that. And it just that, that has been the Achilles heel so far. Stupid turnovers have allowed teams to stick around. Broncos were dominating the Cowboys. I mean, it wasn't even close. And all of a sudden, that strip fumble and – you got yourself a 7-7 game, and you're going, what in the world just happened here? <laughs> We've been dominating so much, and yet it's still a tie game because turnovers are the great, great equalizer. It's how you allow bad teams to win against good football teams. And it's Broncos have to clean that up. They are negative one in turnover differential. To be 2-0 and and negative one in turnover differential, that's pretty good. I'll take it. But they, they can't be okay with these fumbles and interceptions and just miscommunications, whatever you want to call it. A lot of things have been going great. They just got to clean up some things. Well, before we get to our last little segment here, we want to say thank you to our sponsor, Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. Over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up well before we get on out of here carl uh what do you think the score is going to be of the game well i said at most that i can see for the buffalo bills of of scoring is 10 points i'm actually only going to give them six two field goals and i'll give the broncos i'll give them 27 in this one 27 to six that's that's the score i'm going to say and i 
I'm one of those people that I don't usually predict blowouts like that, but I just, after watching those first two games, oh man, I, I'm just not impressed by the Bills. And it's a road game that has me a little bit worried, and I probably shouldn't be predicting that kind of score, but that's what I'm going to go with, 27-6. to six. What about you? I am going to go with 20 to 10 Broncos. I think it's going to be an ugly game. I think the Broncos offense isn't going to look great. I think they're just going to hand the ball off a lot. We didn't even talk about it. We probably should have, but Booker might be back this week getting some carries. And with the three running backs that they have and the question marks at tackle, I think the Broncos are going to play it very conservatively, throw it when it's an obvious throwing situation. You know, if, uh, if it's like the bills are in dime or in, base package and you have three wide receivers out there take advantage of that but i think they're going to play it pretty conservatively i think they're going to do what they can to protect simeon and win the field position battle and i'm going to go with 20 to 10 okay uh, giving up a late touchdown to make it look closer than it is makes sense i I think i might have a, a defensive touchdown in there that helps out to get that 27 points that would be awesome let's get a streak going we had one last week let's let's get another one there you go i like it in fact, let's get to leave another pick six. Let's just have him pass. Uh, was it Rod Woodson was next? Rod Woodson is the top guy at 12. I think Jim, Charles Woodson oh, there's is, is next. And who's the other one? Oh, he was the guy with all the legal trouble. Darren Sharper. Oh, wow. That's Perfect. the other one. Yep. Yeah. Those are the, the three that are ahead of him right now. But 12 is the is the record. And Aqib Tlaib, he's two away. I think he could get there this year. Well, let's get let's get them both next week. Screw it. Tweed, <laughs> the new X Factor. <laughs> Boom. Well, that will wrap up the week three preview huddle up podcast. This game has the making of a trap game coming off a big emotional win uh, against the Dallas Cowboys last week and before hosting the division bitter division rival, Oakland Raiders. But with this new coaching staff and with how this team is and just the leaders they have on what seems both sides of the ball. The Broncos should win a ugly game with the defense leading the way once again. You can find Carl on Twitter at Carl Dumbler MHH and myself at Nick Kendall MHH, as well as find our Denver Bronco articles on Mile High Huddle, an affiliate of Scout.com and CBS Sports Digital. Check out my recent Five Keys to Victory piece that was released on Monday, and look out for my Shaq Barrett film piece that I'm going to be working on tomorrow at some point and hopefully getting it out there by Thursday. What are you working on right now, Carl? I thought I'd look at, at Justin Simmons. We, we've talked a lot about the rest of the no fly zone, but Justin Simmons, he's that new guy in, in the group. And I, I think he's done great, but I just thought I'd get a, give a little bit closer look to see what he's doing on the field and maybe how he has actually improved the passing defense of this team. Well, I am looking forward to that because I have, I'm here for all positive Justin Simmons takes. I was huge on him in the draft, and that was probably my favorite pick of that draft class. Now, right now, it's probably looking like Adam Gatsis, but at the time, Justin Simmons was my favorite pick. So, good stuff, and hopefully Simmons can, you know, create a new and improved new fly zone. TJ Ward had a good game this week. Shout out to him. Still a big fan of TJ Ward, but you got to grow and you got to evolve. That's the nature of the game with the salary cap. You can follow the Huddle Up podcast by subscribing to us on iTunes and for Android users, Stitcher. We also have audio up on YouTube, and you can check that out. Uh, I do Personally, I do a pretty good job of responding to the comments on the YouTube videos. I'll have to get Carl on there a little bit more. Some of you people didn't appreciate uh, us being, I guess I want to say, complacent with Vach last week. 
I'm just just trying to be good hosts. I'm not here. I'm not trying to be Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. And you should see our outline for every episode. We spend a lot of times preparing for this and want to be as thorough as possible. The outline this week is 10 pages just for this podcast. So make sure you guys are leaving comments and tweeting at us. We love to talk with you guys. You can follow us on Twitter at my high huddle and at huddle up pod and subscribe and rate us. We love hearing from you guys for Carl Dumbler. I'm Nick Kendall wrapping up another episode of the huddle up podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and we will see you next week when the Broncos are three and i I'm calling it now. Call my shot. Go Broncos. Mile high huddle.